The following is a reflection on Luke chapter 7, verses 36 to 50. When the church began reading from the Gospel of Luke on Monday of the 22nd week of Ordinary Time, Jesus was in the synagogue on the Sabbath and reciting the prophecy from Isaiah chapter 61 about proclaiming liberty to captives, that is, the year of release from all debts, or jubilee referred to earlier in Leviticus chapter 25. Jesus put down the scroll and said, Today this teaching is fulfilled in your hearing. Subsequent chapters of Luke's Gospel illustrate ways that Jesus enacts the prophecy, and this continues in today's Gospel incident of the sinful woman who is released from the captivity and debt of her sins. Simon the Pharisee, who invited Jesus into his home, is not understanding the jubilee now present in his guest and being offered to anyone open to receive. Rather, Simon prejudges the uninvited woman who walks into his home, anoints Jesus with fragrant oil, and wipes his feet with her tears, as undeserving of any mercy or release. To help Simon understand the immensity of God's favor brought to humanity from the Father, Jesus tells a parable of two debtors. One owed five hundred denarii and the other fifty, and yet the creditor releases both. The verb used by Luke in chapter 7, verse 42, can refer to remitting debts or forgiving sins. To Jesus' question, Simon answers correctly that the debtor who was released the greater amount would love the creditor more. Then comes the hard lesson. The two debtors in the parable are actually the woman and Simon, and the creditor is Jesus. The woman was the true host whose actions of washing and anointing Jesus' feet and offering a kiss, Simon failed to perform. Because of the great debt released, the woman shows abundant love. Simon, on the other hand, has been stingy. The woman, now forgiven, is qualified to enter the great messianic banquet of God, while Simon may be excluded. For to whom little is forgiven, loves little in response. And God, who is the true host, is love. Another aspect of this story is the emphasis on Jesus' feet, as the word is repeated seven times. In Isaiah chapter 52, the prophet cries out, quote, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring glad tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say, Zion, your God reigns. End of quote. Jesus, as the Jubilee, is the fulfillment of the prophecy, come to bring salvation to sinners. This woman who recognizes the gift cannot help but anoint and wash his feet in gratitude. How are we to respond? With our sins forgiven and Christ's presence in us by the Holy Spirit, we must now be his feet and hands and voice to our world. St. Paul highlights this truth in Romans chapter 10, when he asks, how can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? Then St. Paul quotes the Isaiah verse, How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. That is us. God never saves a person from their sins, but for the sake of mission. 
This is a constant theme in the scriptures. When Simon Peter first recognized Jesus as Messiah after the miraculous catch of fish, he is told, Do not be afraid. From now on you will become a fisher of men. Luke chapter 5 verse 10 Having participated in the Jubilee, the more we go out to the peripheries and announce this good news, the more radiant we become, as the Beatitudes announce. Today's first reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 indicates that we have the good news handed on from the apostles. We do not have to somehow figure out the truth, because the word of God, that is, sacred scripture and sacred tradition, or the deposit of faith, has been preserved and protected down through the centuries by apostolic succession. The brief profession of faith announced by St. Paul was orally passed on, so that today at Mass we can stand and profess our faith with confidence and act on it. As we contemplate this good news and the presence of the Trinity, let us be the best of hosts, careful to welcome and gratefully receive such an honored guest with a kiss of peace, weeping over our sins and anointing with love the Savior of our souls. Let us pray. Draw near to your servants, O Lord, and answer their prayers with unceasing kindness, that for those who glory in you as their creator and guide, you may restore what you have created and keep safe what you have restored. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen.